everybody, it's James Lindsay. You're listening to a, I guess, special episode of the New Discourses podcast because I'm going to dip in and give a little message, a little statement, I suppose. I didn't plan one, so this is going to be off the cuff and holy no, who knows what I'm going to say. Uh, but I got banned off of Twitter. It was permanent suspension. And so I, I don't think, by the way, a lot of people are wondering, maybe I'll get my account back. Um, I don't know that I will get my account back because uh, the nature of my... Um, what is it? I guess my appeal. Uh, let me just read it to you. So when you go to appeal on on Twitter, it takes you to the same help page that you get when you have a technical problem. So it gives you a little box and it says, please, please describe the nature of your problem or please describe the problem that you're having or whatever it is. And so this is what I told Twitter as my appeal to get back on. I said, the problem is that you arbitrarily changed the rules and suspended my account after repeatedly forcing me to lie to admissions of guilt for, quote, violations that aren't real, you should unsuspend my account and, protect, and correct your biased and arbitrary policy enforcement. And so that was my attempt to appeal, like, oh, don't, you, you know, don't, don't harm me, Twitter. Don't punish me. I was bad. I'm sorry. I'll never do it again. No, BS. I didn't do anything wrong. Um, and uh, so fix your stuff. Uh, your platform sucks. I'm looking at it. I'm trending on Twitter as I'm speaking to like the tune of about 8,000 tweets so far, specifically about me. And I'm looking and it's like some of them are, you know, thank you if it's you that are doing so much support and coming out with these words of support. I'll tell the story of this banning and what I think about it here in a second. But then a lot of it's like wonderful, but there's a lot of people. There are two class, classes of people who can basically go F themselves. One are there, well, no, three. One is the people who hate me and they're celebrating my v suspension. Like, okay, uh, it's a Twitter account, man. And like now a whole lot more people are going to talk about this issue and think that something really funny is going on with it. So keep celebrating. Um, good for you. But then there's these people who are just kind of these weird, like very smart vultures. And granted, I black into those nodes, as you might say, those social nodes pretty heavily by by taunting them and poking at them. But, you know, they're they're uh, trying to uh, drag my memory as it were. It's really weird. It's almost like people are treating Twitter on Twitter like I died um, and I get to read the eulogies. It's really strange. Um, but they're like trying to drag my memory. In fact, I saw somebody who said, you know, we come not to to um, eulogize James Lindsay, but to bury him. And it's like, it's a very weird phenomenon. And then there's, so the, those people can definitely just go F themselves. And, uh, you know, I see, I re I'll remember, don't worry. Um, and then I know who you are. And then, then there are people who are like trying to make it like academic. They're like trying to academize, academize it. They're like, oh, well, Lindsay finally lost his mind. And if he would have just stayed on the straight and narrowed and stayed more academic instead of being so populist or saying such rambunctious things. And it's like, no, stop apologizing for the censorship of Twitter. You guys are the problem. You guys are the third category of the problem. I just named three problems. So you guys are the, the problem. If that was you, shame on you. No, Twitter shouldn't be censoring people. And no, just like with Alex Jones, just like with a lot of other people in, 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 in this line that have been banned from social media, whether Alex Jones is a perfect test case, the original, in fact, but we could talk about Megan Murphy. We could talk about a lot of different people from a lot of different persuasions who've been permanently banned from social media platforms 
for no good reason, and then you say things like, well, if they just would have spoken correctly, this never would have happened. No, piss on you. That attitude is why we're in this mess in the first place. That exact attitude is what enables communists to gain power. Oh, if we just talk correctly compared to what, I don't know, the cruel evil tyrants taking power say is acceptable, then everything would have been fine. He should have been better. No. Screw you. Screw you 100%. You three groups of people are the problem, but that group of the pro is the worst. Okay, that group is the worst. Absolutely unacceptable. Now, that aside, what actually happened here? Well, it's kind of funny. As you know, there's the G word that we're not supposed to say. Okay, rhymes with broomer um, that you're not allowed to say, which YouTube, by the way, is going to come after me because I have a bunch of podcasts talking about this very explicitly. Some of them are titled this, groomer schools. Oh, God, I said it. Um, you're not allowed to say this word on a lot of platforms anymore. It's been banned off of Reddit. It's been banned off of Twitter to where I got locked out twice, deleted a whole bunch of tweets pro uh, proactively to keep them from locking me out again because I know the game they're playing. I call this game a lockout cascade. What they do is they lock you out for something that's been mass reported. P.S. Mass reporting tweets on organizing a campaign for that is against Twitter's terms of service. So the people that did this broke the rules. But of course, that's selectively enforced because Twitter is a garbage heap. But that aside, um, what they do is they report a whole bunch of tweets at once. You finally get nailed for one of them. They decide that it was a violation. And then periodically over the next days and weeks, you get locked out again and again and again and again and again for the other one. Well, the trick is, and this is very important, this is a Maoist phenomenon. This is Maoist prison stuff. Uh, to get back into Twitter, you have to either appeal and wait through that process, which might take months. Take, for example, the Babylon Bee or Jordan Peterson's accounts, both locked out because they refuse to say, yes, Twitter, I broke the rules, which Twitter has no legitimate authority over anything. So I don't care to say, oh, I broke your stupid rules. But um, I can understand the principled standard to refuse to do it. I mean, I've even said it. I have a shirt that says, don't let the lie come into the world through you. And maybe I'm letting that happen. I don't know. But um, what they make you do is they make you delete to they make you delete the tweet that offended and you think, well, so what? That's, I think, so what? You delete the tweet. But that's not the essence of what they make you do. And this is actually a podcast I've been wanting to do for a while. So now I have the occasion. What they make you do is confess that you broke the rules. By deleting this tweet, you are confessing that you broke the rules. That's what they. That's what it says. So when you click agree or delete or whatever the button is, you're agreeing that you broke the rules. So you're confessing to a crime. And Twitter can keep a permanent record of all the times you broke the rules. And they can create this, this um, whole docket of the things that you've done wrong that you confessed. I recognize I broke the rules and I'm a bad person. But that's BS. You just have to do it to get your account back because you might be stuck in appeal limbo for months. Dr. Rollergator. Where's Dr. Rollergator? President Dr. Rollergator. Where is he? Locked out. Why? Because he won't confess. Not the first time. Second time. Months and months and months and months go by before they resolve these appeals. And it's arbitrary. You have no recourse whatsoever. Um, but nevertheless, they force you to confess and say, I recognize the crime I committed from the perspective where some, some pretend perspective where Twitter's rules are legitimate. Twitter isn't a legislative authority. Twitter doesn't have the power to make law that regulates speech. They have kind of like a digital country. 
that has the law to regulate speech. But as an American citizen, they, your speech isn't supposed to be regulated. So there's this massive mismatch between the digital world and the real world. And something is very awry here, and we're not thinking about it correctly. But they force you to confess to your crimes from the perspective that their laws their, their, their laws are legitimate, that they are a legitimate authority to determine who has the right to speak on their platform or on a platform built on their architecture. Because really, your account is your platform that you're using their architecture to speak from. And um, something is fundamentally different here. That architecture could very well be considered something like a common carrier. There could be very basic laws to prevent outright obscenity and threat, uh, actual threats of violence, which are, which are not protected speech. Uh, obscenity obviously can be considered protected speech, but it, I think that there there is easy grounds to uh, work around that to say Twitter doesn't have to become a pornographic cesspit, um, which I don't think most people would have a problem with that, especially since young people under 18 would be using it. That would be easy grounds to prevent it or to put it behind various barriers, etc. This, this is a digression. The point of a Maoist prison was they would be accused of, of a crime. You'd be dragged into the prison, usually something like espionage or on the, against the Chinese people or crimes against Chinese people. And then you'd be put into a cell and struggled. And the struggle session, that's what they were, they were called in China, is critical struggle sessions. Were, were, were there to get you to want to confess. They bullied you. They beat you. They um, wouldn't let you sleep. They antagonized you. They you know, cursed at you and called you names in the name of helping you. That's the word they used. We're helping you. Helping you want to learn to see your crimes from the people's standpoint. Helping you want to confess so we can tie up your case so you don't have to be in this prison. We don't want you here. We're your friends. We're trying to help you see. So the sooner you see and the sooner you confess, the sooner you can have your account back. Oh, I mean, get out of the prison. It's exactly the same thing. And then you get hauled before an interrogator who makes you confess. And then they're line that they feed you is, well, we want to resolve your case quickly. So the more you confess, the sooner we can resolve your case and we can move on and get you out of the prison. But your confession has to be legitimate. It has to be, uh, you know, sincere. It has to match the the view from the people's perspective. So they send you back to struggle and then they interrogate you. And eventually when you start to come along a little bit, you start to confess, they make you study. They make you study the new, the new worldview, the Marxist worldview in the Maoist prison. But here's the social justice worldview that you can't criticize certain people more or less, period, or it somehow hurts their feelings and thus it's a hate crime. And this is a brainwashing process. It's not the same as being in a prison. It's your access to being able to have, you know, your public voice if you've built a platform, especially of any size. This is a Maoist brainwashing. They get more and more invested in the friends that you have there, the community that you've built around you, the, the platform that you have, and the capacity to, you know, say things or get the get the word out or get people's attention on things or whatever happens to be promote your your business or whatever it is you get more and more dependent upon that the bigger your platform becomes more and more attached to it and then they threaten to take it away until you see from their perspective this is not the same thing as oh they get to moderate their platform however they want well it's not a private platform anyway it's it's public facing it's an architecture that they allow people to build platforms on they make money off of you being there and so um, there's something different going on here. And what, but what they're doing is a brainwashing process in a non-prison environment and in a non-school environment by dangling a carrot that you want to get and then making you brainwash yourself into 
compliance in order to be able to obtain the carrot that you're getting increasingly uh, attached to and dependent on uh, in order to, to live life the way that we live life in the 21st century. So this is a Maoist tactic. It is a soft Maoist tactic, but it's still a Maoist tactic to force you to confess to your crime. So back to what happened. So what happened was, what happened was back in the the 21st of July, I got locked out because I was calling everybody the G word and I called a bunch of media matters, trans people, the G words. Okay, G word. Okay, G word. And um, they mass reported me, which is against Twitter terms of service. Of course, they're unscathed from this. They bragged about doing it. So they're definitely guilty, but they're unscathed from this. So they give me locked out for 12 hours. I confess in the Maoist style. And then the the cascade begins. A few days later, I get locked out again, the 26th. So the 21st, I get locked out, 12 hours out, 26th, I get locked out. The second time you get locked out, and this is how you know it's a cascade, you don't get a timer. You're just locked out, and the second you confess and delete, you're back in. No timer, no delay, no 12 hours, uh, 12, 24, 36, 72, one week, whatever it happens to be that's it. You're just back in. And so I'm like, oh, I know what this is. So I spent the entire evening on the 26th sitting in my hotel room uh, on another trip I was on, this one in Washington, D.C., deleting all of my tweets directly, calling somebody the G word as a direct accusation. And so, okay, got it. So we're not using that word anymore, apparently to call people things. We might describe things as this way or whatever, fine, but we're not going to call people that. So I'm playing by, I've already like unfortunately halfway accepted their stupid new policy that's not even a real policy in fact it wasn't a word that was banned at all until i hear february and then they didn't tell anybody so it's like it's just this new rule so it takes a couple of weeks I'm, you know i want to call these people something okay recruiter i'm coming up with different like things trying to find a way to be playful around it and still convey the message everybody knows what's going on i mean we can all just keep tweeting and i did many times well, you know, if only there was a word for what this is. We all know what word it is, and it comes into your head. Well, I came up with, I thought, with a very clever and hilarious, okay, child sexual uh, sexualization specialist, the child sexualization specialist. So I'm like, okay, child sexualization specialist. I do this a couple of times directly to the people who got me banned in the first place or got me locked out in the first place. Oh, they weren't happy. Um, Man, they weren't happy. Uh, as, you know, vulnerable narcissists lash out, narcissistic rage being what it is. And so um, as it turns out, I got suspended for the following really hilarious thing. I went to the Twitter account to see what this uh, one particular um, S-queer person is up to. And I go there and there's some tweet just like, what's going on over here? And I'm going to go check it out. And there's some tweet about Kamala Harris. And, or no, sorry. Mm, I've spoiled the joke. There's some tweet about Alex Jones's lawyers because of the Alex Jones trial. How things come full circle. How interesting. And um, there's this... Uh, tweet saying that his attorneys are so incompetent or whatever that it's curing everybody of imposter syndrome. And I quote tweeted it with now do Kamala Harris, which like after that, you know, work together to work together, to do the work together, to do the things that we came together, to do the work together, together. When we're together, we try to do the things together that we do together. Speech she gave... I know lots of people that actually has cured their imposter syndrome. They're like, oh, my God, if she can be vice president, I can do anything. And so because uh, it's uh, the incompetence is obvious. So what is what is yonder um, vulnerable narcissist bully say? I say? Oh, your misogynoir is showing. What is misogynoir? It's made up what it is. So misogyny is the direct 
you know, it's supposed to be the the hatred of, of women. But in systemic structural thinking, it is the enforcement tactic for sexual uh, for for sexism. And so it is the structural dislike of women. You don't have to dislike women to be a misogynist. You have to uphold structures that hold women down and prefer those structures in some way. And then if they can be structurally said to hold women down, then you're structurally hating women. And thus it's the enforcement tactic. So misogynoir Noir is French for black, so it's for when you would target women of color, as opposed, especially black women, as opposed to more broadly. This is a made-up word. It, it, they came back. I said this is a made-up word to to this person, uh, pronouns notwithstanding. And um, the person said, uh, all, a bunch of people, not that person, said uh, all words are made up. Like that's some kind of an argument. No, literally, misogynoir was coined in 2010 by activists for an activist purpose. It's a bullshit word. It's not a real word. It's a Marxist invention for Marxist purposes. It's idiotic. And so I said that to them. But anyway, I did that. Okay. So now do Kamala Harris, your misogynoir is showing. And then I'm like, okay, child sexualization specialist. And then the person said, looks like somebody wants to get banned again. And I was like, do it. Let's talk about this issue on TV. Get me famous. And well, that worked. Uh, here I am banned, permanently banned from Twitter, apparently. And so that's what happened. This is Maoism. I have been silenced on Twitter. How do I feel? I keep getting asked. People are, people send me these messages like I died. I'm sorry. And I'm like, why? Why? Twitter sucks. I mean, let's be honest. It's I actually feel like I got let out of a mental institution. And people are like, well, you're going to go fight for your account and get your account back because it'd be great for morale, right? And I'm like, well, I mean, there are professional and practical reasons why I want my account back, but I don't want my account back too. I don't want to go back to the asylum. It's like I got let out and it's like, imagine at the end of your Maoist struggle session period in the prison, they let you out. Imagine saying, they'll let me back in. And you're like, no, you get on the boat, you go to Hong Kong and you get out of the situation. You just, you're done with that. Um, and so... I kind of don't want to go back. And then people are like, well, what other social media are you going to use? I'm, like, yeah, I'm going to be forced to professionally, but I don't know. I don't really want to learn another one and I don't really want that. So it's like, I feel like I got let out of prison. It's this really weird phenomenon. I don't feel bad. In fact, I, I don't miss it uh, at all yet. It's only been a few hours, but it seems like it's something that I should care more about. But I think it's kind of like weirdly amusing. And uh, so I will professionally find some outlet so that we can continue pushing. Uh, as for whether or not I'll take legal action against Twitter, I don't know. They are probably in violation of their own rules. Um, first of all, obviously, it was put out by an arbitrary rule change. Second of all, they accused me of something specific. I said, okay, child sexualization specialist. And I said that this is hate speech, specific rule break against protected class of people. And I don't think it is. Um, they are going to have to prove that that was the case uh, because I don't think I broke that rule. Maybe they could claim that they have the right to ban me for any reason. And maybe they do that, but they didn't use, they didn't invoke that. They specifically said that I broke some rule um, because there was a, campaign against me that was coordinated, it could qualify legally as tortious, that is like tort law, T-O-R-T, tortious interference. That's not legal. I have a contract with Twitter. Some third party can't go leverage Twitter to change the terms of that contract midstream. Turns out that's illegal. They keep doing it. It keeps happening. It's against Twitter's terms of service, probably because Twitter's lawyers know it's tortious interference. That could work out really badly for Twitter and the entity that engages in it, but they aren't enforcing that, which is a huge problem. 
So, I mean, it's an, it's an option. It's on the table. I don't really want to get dragged out through a year plus of litigation, time and money. The money I don't really care that much about, but the time when there's other things to do, the hit against Twitter is maybe worth it. Um, maybe not. I mean, we have other legal cases where Twitter had to back off and they're still banning people for bullcrap. So it doesn't really change their behavior. I believe the, the, the project Veritas expose quoted one of their, their, their like lead programmers or whatever that guy was, or executives is saying we are, I think the hashtag is commie AF over here. We're communist as fuck over here in Twitter. And so they're not going to like, they don't care. Um, what I'm happy about though is how much, and this is why I was going to like do it with ban me, um, to yonder person whose pronouns notwithstanding are impossible to guess. Uh, so we won't try to guess them because that would be misgendering. By the way, Twitter misgendered me in the report that they sent to said person. They called me a they over and over again. My, my pronouns are not they. That's a misgendering. I am not non-binary. It is obvious that I'm not non-binary. I'm a man. And you know what pronouns go with that. I don't have to tell anybody. I should never have to tell anybody, and I'm not going to tell anybody, but I got misgendered by Twitter's own standards. So what's that crap about? Uh, hilarity is what it's about. They're, it's all made up arbitrary power is what it is. So I'm actually kind of more inclined to let the issue get more attention and for um, Twitter to just kind of lose status. Maybe they won't yet. Maybe people aren't ready to, to, to realize it, but I mean, I, I think back to, to Donald Trump when he got banned from Twitter and people asked him after a couple of weeks, you know, if he wanted to fight to get his account back. And he was kind of like, no, I'm happier. And it's like, I find that really resonant. And so, you know, maybe just letting Twitter turn into a, a dump is worth having happen. So, because here's a thought on social media. I don't want to drag this little statement out, but I don't have some strong thing. I'm kind of just talking. But here's this, here's um, an interesting phenomenon. Why is Truth Social or Parler or um, Getter or one of these other ones, like why aren't, they don't have the same dynamism. They don't have the same excitement or interest. Why? Well, I can tell you why, because they are not necessarily explicitly, but they're de facto partisan. You go there and it's kind of this right wing echo chamber. A lot of people aren't there. So there's these two phenomena. One is that social media platforms have huge inertia. They're huge. You aren't going to move a whole community. And so people don't want to move a whole community. They want to learn new, like the new formatting, the new feel. There's a huge amount of inertia to a social media platform. Another reason why um we need to be thinking about them more like common carriers with some very basic, you know, no threats, no obscenity kind of very basic moderation policies and otherwise free speech. Uh, they shouldn't have the power to write in effect law because they are not actually countries. They are companies that can be held to account by the countries in which they are incorporated, uh, in which they actually have to um, do business, and which are propped up by the infrastructure of that co that country and its, its taxpayers. Um, it's very, very murky to let them to think that they just get to write law that's this influential, uh, or de facto law. But um, this, so there's a lot of inertia, but there's also the fact that the, the, those things are de facto pa partisan. The only people that are really going to get her into truth social um, which of course is Trump's. So that gets even deeper in the kind of partisan weeds, um, and to, uh, parlor or whatever, are people who kind of are right-wing leaning, aren't, are, are sick of Twitter or got kicked off of Twitter and, or don't want to deal with Twitter's 
or Facebook's stupid moderation policies that are obviously politically biased. And so what 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 what's here's here's, here's what's happened. They're not fun because they're partisan. So they're echo chambers, and that's not fun. There's no dynamism because there's no give and take. There's no argument. There's no debate. There's no discussion of any real depth. There's these kind of like infighting discussions maybe, but otherwise it's just kind of like this bubble. It's not fun. Left-wing bubbles also would not be fun. It's not a matter of whether it's right-wing or not. A partisan bubble is no fun. What you have with platforms like Twitter and to a degree Facebook and so on is that they blew up before they politicized everything before they turned everything into partisan nonsense. And so by blowing up before they turned everything into politics, they have all of that inertia on their side. And so people are willing to participate in a hugely left-wing partisan community because it's not a politicized community because it's not a partisan community, uh, which is no fun. So just giving up on Twitter and letting it become a left-wing cesspool or whatever, okay, Um, that would be a totally interesting direction to go, just disaffecting from all this. Well, what other social media are you going to use? Well, maybe we don't need more social media. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, we do want to get our word out. We do want to be able to get attention to issues. So it's it's an open question as to how that gets navigated. But um, watching these kind of legacy, if you will, uh, social media platforms kind of become increasingly partisan. The reason Twitter's fun right now is because there's this whole like, you know, left wing onslaught, uh, and you know that Twitter's on the side of it. And then there's this kind of like not leftist resistance and pushback that's fighting back against it, uh, with a broad spectrum of different opinions and viewpoints happening there. Um, that can easily go away. Just let it become the leftist dump that the leftists want it to be. And then it has no influence because nobody's going to, the same reason that nobody listens to what's happening on Truth Social. Truth Social is not swaying national conversations. Twitter is because it was nonpartisan when it cre- when it gathered its primary audience and became partisan later because people wanted to engage in that back and forth and that sparring. And now the playing field so tilted that it's almost, like it's 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 just disgusting, and so I don't know. Maybe the best thing is to let that fall apart. I don't think it'll actually happen. That's I'm again. I'm just talking, rambling. My general statement is what I told Twitter. What's happening here is Twitter is protect. Well, I told some media outlets too. Twitter is protecting the cult indoctrination and sexualization of children. Those are co-constituted because the cult indoctrination is a sex, gender, and sexuality view of the world, uh, that you can change those things, for example, uh, that they're a matter of how you feel, that they're fluid, that they're socially constructed and imposed by power dynamics that are meant to be resisted and transformed by activists. And so the, this um, cult indoctrination of, of, of children is is ultimately the problem. That's the G word that, that we've been using. And then that it, that it opens the door to child sexual assault is the issue. And Twitter has declared itself unambiguously, openly, an active participant in protecting that, whatever it entails. So they are complicit in those crimes, which are crimes against humanity that we just haven't arrived at the moment of pointing out that they're crimes against humanity yet uh, in a way that's actionable. But that moment will come and Twitter will need to be held to account for it because it has declared itself not now. I mean, I tweeted about this back in the day. They declared themselves repeatedly, consistently to be on the side of defending 
um, the cult sexualization of children, which is abominable by every possible measure. So that's my statement about Twitter, about my own ban. It's social media. It's a social media account. It's fake. I didn't get shot. You don't have to eulogize me. I'm still here. I still exist. I can still go outside and touch grass. In fact, I have more time to do that. Um, I will still produce content. I'll still put out content. Um, and like I said, generally speaking, it's not like a media trick or stunt or whatever on my part. It's the truth. I am glad that they, I'm not glad that I'm, you know, inconvenienced in this way. I am glad that they're drawing more and more and more attention to the A, the issue, and B, the fact that this weird gender ideology or queer Marxist cult grooming, I said the G word again, is so central to what they're doing that they are going, first they flipped out, then they tried to claim it, then they tried to put it off on other people, now they're trying to ban and censor it because they're trying to make their own oppression invisible because if they they can only get away with it when people don't realize it's happening and they think they can censor their way into continuing to get away with it. And so I'm grateful for the fact that this is just going to redouble the efforts of tens of thousands, if not millions of, a, of, of good parents and people across this country and throughout the world to realize that what's happening is really dangerous, really bad, and absolutely needs to stop. And uh, my social media account getting whacked and freeing up my afternoon every day instead of being in this kind of cesspit of calling me horrible names all the time is it's a worthy uh, loss in my opinion, and we'll find other ways to communicate. I don't know which social media I'm going to migrate to. Stay tuned. My people will force me to, I'm sure. Um, I don't think I want to, at least not yet. If Twitter lets me back in, I don't know how I'll come. I will use it. I don't know how. I don't really want to. It's like there's this disillusionment that happens. Once it happens, it happens. And there's no undoing it. And we've been approaching that moment. I spent most of my day yesterday, as a matter of fact, thinking maybe I just need to quit this crap. Um, not the fight, but th all the social media crap and the stupid, like drilling into the stupid little arguments instead of just doing the, the bigger expose of the theory and concepts and working with actually, you know, people doing political and legal action directly. More of that, less of this whole like stupid fight. I spent most of my day yesterday thinking maybe it's time. Well, Twitter.com, the deity of uh, that has decided to send me a sign. Maybe it is time to spend more time on other things um, and let my mind clarify again, get off the dopamine pump uh, that they manipulate people with. And so I'm not really inclined, but if it come back, I'll be different, um, not better behaved, but um, certainly uh, more circumspect about the platform and just generally disgusted with its existence, uh, probably forever, henceforth. Um, but it will also be fun to, of course, spike the football and say that I'm back. Uh, so. I don't know. Stay tuned. We'll see what happens on social media. We will let you know here at New Discourses. In the meantime, follow New Discourses uh, on whatever social media. I'm on the other social media still at Conceptual James. Follow it there. Um, we'll figure out which one I'm going to primarily work on, and it'll become obvious, and we'll all come together there, and it'll be like, well, 10% if you will, and it'll be great, and uh, we'll move forward, and we'll see you. Ideally, we'll see you in person. Bring me out to your state. Let's do stuff in, in reality instead of in this stupid digital space. Uh, that's wasting our lives. All right. So that's that. Twitter ban, whatever. Uh, we'll talk soon.